They beat me to it this morning. And we got the brightest of the bunch here, haven't we? Okay. Can anybody tell me what we've been looking at in the kids' talks on Sunday mornings? Anyone? Should be coming up on the screen. The fruit of the Spirit. And this morning, yes? So she's just adjusting her Alice Band. Sorry, I thought you were... (laughs) The fruit of the Spirit. And this morning we're looking at the fruit, faithfulness. It's a big word, faithfulness. Now these fruits we've been looking at, remember, these are not things that we can... They're not works that we can do. We can't do them ourselves from within. We can't just say, remember, oh, I've got to be more faithful. We can't do that, can we? It's a fruit that comes from a life that has been changed by God. It comes from the heart, through the Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at faithfulness. I don't know if you can see that. That's a big tree, isn't it? What, do you know what tree that is? A big tree, yes. It's an oak tree. But look at that. Let's break that word up. Faithfulness. And we're going to look at faithfulness. Now, that means being full of faith, really. Faithfulness, being full of faith. And it's faith in the Lord Jesus that it's talking about, both towards God and in love to our Christian brothers and sisters. So it has an outworking. It's not just faith towards God. In the the fruit of the Spirit, faithfulness is towards our brothers and sisters as well. And the next slide, there's a look at that lovely, there we are. To be faithful means to be trustworthy, these are big words, dependable, reliable. That means people can trust you, people can depend on you, and they can rely on you. They'll say, Jack's a very reliable boy, we'll know he'll be there helping mommy and daddy. With me. So does anyone recognise, the story is told, and probably most famously told, that after John died, Bobby sat guarding his grave for 14 years until Bobby himself died at the grand old dog age of 16. Uh, He sat there in all weathers, in all conditions, in all circumstances, and that was what he did for 14 years of his life. And we know, don't we, that a dog is, is well known to be man's best friend. But I think really, as you think about Bobby, you can think, well, he wasn't just John's best friend. He was a very faithful friend. He was so loyal. He was so committed to his master that if that story is true, he wanted to be nowhere else but by his master's side, even if that meant sitting on his grave for the remainder of his dog life. I wonder what you think of or what you think about when you think of the word faithfulness. I was talking to Jono earlier about uh, the children's talk and, it, and it's a very, very difficult topic to, to really speak on. It's a, it's a difficult topic to even think about in our own lives because what is faithfulness? What does it look like to be faithful in our lives? Uh, I, I wonder if you, if you just think now about your own life, uh, about your own attitudes in life, uh, what you would consider to be 
faithful characteristics? What, what would it look like uh, in your life to be faithful? Uh, I, I think the reality is, as we think about life, not just your own life, but as we think about the world, faithfulness is kind of starting to become a, a, a less important thing, isn't it? You know, we, we, we start to think about how people in the world view marriage. And we, all of a sudden we start to think, you know what, faithfulness isn't really that important in the world anymore, is it? We start to think about family life and how people treat and, and respond and act in their families. And we think, you know what, faithfulness isn't really that important anymore, is it? Maybe even our friendships, maybe even in church. The more we start to unpack and think about faithfulness in our lives and in the world, the less concerned people seem to be about being faithful. And I think part of that reason is because being faithful is not easy, is it? I know you just think about your own life for a moment. I don't want to delve into anything specific, but as I think about my own life, I think, you know what, it's incredibly difficult to be faithful in every aspect of my life at all times without fail. And yet we find faithfulness in amongst these nine attributes that are associated with this one fruit of the Spirit that is talked about by Paul in Galatians 5. Now we know we can't be perfect in these things. But that's why it's wonderful to know that Paul describes these as a fruit. A fruit grows. And that is what we should be desiring in our own lives, shouldn't we? As we think about living in step with the Spirit, as we think about following Jesus, as we think about these nine attributes, the ones that we've thought about so far and the ones we'll think about in the coming weeks, our desire above all else should be that we are growing in these things and as we'll think about in a moment ultimately we do that as we look to the one who demonstrated these things perfectly Jesus demonstrated all of these aspects of this fruit 100% perfectly and so therefore we grow as we look to Christ but I want to start just by uh, thinking about what faithfulness is now There are two different ways that you can translate the Greek word that is used in the Bible. You can obviously translate it as faithfulness, but it can also be translated as faith. Now maybe you sit here this morning and you think, well surely they're basically the same thing, aren't they? Faith and faithfulness, it's just exactly the same. Well actually they're not. They're connected, but they're different. Faith is a response, it's an act, isn't it? We, we respond in faith, we act in faith. Sometimes we even say we take a step of faith in life or in, 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 in reality. We take a, a step or a leap of faith. You know, we saw from the children's tour, didn't we, some of those uh, videos that Jono played. People were taking a step of faith. For one man, it meant him plunging into the cold, icy water. When we first become a Christian, we take a a step of faith, don't we? We come to to Jesus in faith. So how is faithfulness different from that? Well, faithfulness is not an act. It is not an action. Faithfulness is a character trait. Does 
Faithfulness is, in effect, being full of faith. In other words, your life is so full of faith that outflowing from all of that comes a life that is marked with faithfulness. It is a quality of your life that just flows out as you respond and live in faith to God. So in other words, faithfulness is really seen as we live authentic lives, as we live by living truth-filled lives. As Jono said, it's someone who can be depended on no matter what, no matter what the circumstances. So let's start with this question. It might be a painful question, but I think it's important to start here. Will people see faithfulness displayed in your life and in mine? This morning as we are here this morning, as we maybe serve in ministries, as you're at home with your family, as you're at work with your work colleagues, will people see someone who is faithful in every circumstance? Perhaps we can develop that further and say, well, actually, will people see the faithfulness of Jesus displayed in your life and in mine? It's interesting, isn't it? You know, we, we might think that we are faithful. We might look at our own lives and say, you know what? I, I'm not doing too bad. I'm pretty faithful. I'm pretty committed. I think I can de- people can depend on me. But the real test is when you ask other people, isn't it? Are you a faithful friend? Are you a faithful husband or a faithful wife? Are you a faithful servant of God? Are you someone who follows through on your commitments no matter what, whatever it takes and whatever it costs. I read this wonderful uh, definition of faithfulness. Uh, Half of it's on the screen behind me. It says this, faithfulness is love that hangs on to the very end. It proves itself over and over again. It is the superglue of your heart that will not let go. Faithfulness is love that hangs on to the very end. It proves itself over and over again, and it will not let go. You see, our faith can falter, can't it? I'm sure that man who was walking on the ice probably wouldn't rush out and do that again. But our faithfulness should not falter. Our faithfulness should flow out of us. We said right at the beginning, didn't we, that as we thought about this series and we thought about love right at the very beginning, love really underpins all of these attributes of the fruit of the Spirit. And here we see it, don't we? Faithfulness is love in action. Faithfulness is that love that will not let you go, that hangs on to the very end. Now, faithfulness is two-directional. We, 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 we know that the fruit of the Spirit is primarily talking about our relationships with one another, but we, we have to ground it in the fact that our faithfulness, first and fo- foremost, is vertical to God. Uh, we, we should be faithful to him because he is faithful to us. But then as that flows out, as we live in faith, then what flows out of us should be lives that are growing in faithfulness. So what does it mean to be faithful? 
Well, that's where we're going to come to the passage that was read to us in Matthew 25. So if you have it uh, with you, it'd be good to open. We're going to spend just a few moments uh, in this passage and before looking at a few others. But there in Matthew 25, we see this very well-known parable uh, that, that was told. Uh, there's lots of different ways that we can understand this parable, uh, different meanings that we can get out of it. But I think one of the, the, the ways we can understand this parable is by understanding it in the context of faithfulness. Verse 15 says, To each of the servants was given a responsibility, or we could say a gifting, or we could say a responsibility, according to each one's ability. Now notice, verse 15 does not say that each one was given the same responsibility, gifting, or uh, or responsibility. One had five talents, one had two, and another had one. But the key thing to understanding this parable, this, this passage, is to look at verses 16 to 18 to see how each one responded. Immediately, the first two went. They sprang into action. They, they put to work what they had been given, and they doubled what had been given to them. They faithfully served, they faithfully used what had been given to them because that was what was required. The third, however, buried it because he was fearful of his master and he hid it from view. What was the response from the master upon his return? Well, you probably know the passage well. The first two, the master comes back and sees what how they've used those giftings, those abilities, those responsibilities, seen how faithful they've been. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will now put you in charge of many. Share in your master's joy. But you see, the third is dramatically different, isn't it? Maybe the third one thought he was going to earn his favour by saying, well, I feared you. I, I didn't really know, you know, I feared who you were. I, I thought it best is to keep what I've got. You evil, lazy, wicked servant. That which has been given will be taken away because you are a good for nothing servant. You are unfaithful, in other words. Are we faithful in what God has given to us? Now, that's going to look different for all of us. Maybe you're here this morning and you're married with a family. The question for us is, are you faithful to your husband or to your wife? Are you faithful to your children? As children, are we faithful to our parents? Are we faithful to our church family? You see, we all have different responsibilities. We've all been di given different giftings and abilities. The question is, are we using what's been given to us? Are we being faithful in what we have been given? For you, it might be the phone call that you make, the word of encouragement that you give. You might sit here and you think, well, I can't do much. Maybe, as I've heard some people say, you know, I can't get involved in things, but uh, all I can do is pray. Well, maybe that is the gifting, the ability God has given you to do. In the small things, in the big things. Are we faithful in what we've been given? 
maybe as so often is the case, isn't it? We, we love to be faithful in the big things. We love to be, th- be faithful in the things that, that might get us noticed. But when it all comes down to it, are we faithful in the small things? Are we faithful in the things that go unnoticed? I think what's clear from this passage is that God is looking for faithful people. God is looking for faithful people. And you might say this morning, John, I'm just not that gifted. There is nothing that I can possibly do because I do not feel like I am any good. I feel like I am useless. I feel like I am a rubbish Christian. I feel like there is nothing that I can be faithful in. Well, can I encourage you to come back to this passage in Matthew 25? Each one was given according to their ability with the expectation that they would grow in what they had been given. So this morning, can people depend upon you? When you commit to serving, when you commit to doing something, when you commit to being there for someone, can people be confident that you will see through on your promises? Are you honest and trustworthy at work, at home, with your friends? Here's a thing that I thought this week as I was coming to the end of my prep, I was kind of thinking about other ways in which we might be faithful that might go unnoticed. Are we faithful in prayer? It's something that I've been convicted about. How many times do we say to somebody, I'm going to pray for you? Someone shares something with you and you say, I'll pray for you. How many times do we go away and pray for them? Maybe we pray once and then we forget. How faithful in prayer are we for those to whom we commit to praying for? You see, it's not how much we have been given that matters to God. That might matter to us. We might be thinking, well, I've only got this thing. I want more. It is not how much we have been given that matters to God. What matters to God is, are we being faithful in what he has given to us? So we have to be faithful in what God has given to us as we live for him, as we serve him, but as we serve and care for one another. The second thing, we are to remain faithful in difficult times. We are to remain faithful in difficult times. Now, I grew up in, um, in Bedford, so John Bunyan's land. Uh, and those of you who know John Bunyan well would know that he wrote Pilgrim's Progress. It's a wonderful story about a guy called Christian who sets on his way to the celestial city. That promise of the celestial city is a wonderful promise. He's excited about getting there and reaching the city. But on the way, he reaches and, and hits many, many difficulties. It's not long before he finds himself in the slough of despond. And after a struggle and some help, he manages to get out. And you think, great, he's on his way again. But then it's not long before he hits hill difficulty, so steep and treacherous at times, he could only barely hold on with his fingers. And the bigger picture of John Bunyan's story there is the picture of the Christian's life. You know, we might faithfully respond to the gospel. We might start, uh, we might live faithful lives for him. 
We might start and, and blossom and be enthusiastic and, and want to be involved in, in, in many things. But then life gets difficult. Then we realise the Christian life isn't actually just a walk in the park. It is going to be facing trials and difficulties along the way. We find ourselves struggling up what seems like a never-ending mountain that we can just about cling on to. When life is ticking along fine, we might think we're reasonably okay. We might think faithfulness and our faith-filled lives are doing pretty okay. The problem is when our faith is tested, how does our faithfulness stand? Do we remain faithful even in those difficult times? That old song, when Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within. That is a big struggle for us as Christians, isn't it? We're reminded every single day of how utterly useless we are really before God. How sinful we are and we start to think, what does all this mean? How can I live a faithful life to him? How can I be faithful to one another when I just feel an absolute sinful wreck? That's why I love that song of John Newton's that we sang earlier. He knew who God was. He knew that God answered prayer. But every single time, it seemed to be that God seemed to make things worse. How do you remain faithful to him? How do you remain faithful to one another when life just seems to collapse around you? Well, there in Luke 8, we have that familiar story, don't we, of the disciples as they're they're in that boat. Disciples who had been with Jesus for for all, the, all of their life, uh, for all of those three years or however long we were at that point, uh, they'd seen enough of his power and his authority to understand who Jesus were. It, it, they were his closest friends. They'd, they'd been with him through difficult times. They were, they were going across this lake. They were fishermen. They were used to sailing. They were used to facing storms. And Jesus on this occasion is there with them in the boat. Maybe they think, well, what could possibly go wrong? Everything was fine until they saw the fierceness of the storm, until they saw the size of the waves, until they felt the effects of the wind. And having calmed the storm, what did Jesus say to them? Where is your faith? Where is your faithfulness? These are disciples that should have known better. But as we look at the disciples, we say, well, maybe today, maybe sometime in the future, that'll be our reality Life is ticking along and we feel like we're doing okay. We feel like our faith is pretty strong and we feel therefore that our faithfulness to him is doing okay. Often, don't we, we go to Jesus when we're despairing. When we feel at the end of our tether and we go to him as a last resort, having exhausted every possible option that's on the table. And we forget that Jesus is faithful. We forget that our God is a faithful God. He has made, I don't know how many promises that Gary told us about a few months ago, at least 8,000, 8,000 promises that he has given to us. And we forget so often that God is a faithful God to us in all circumstances of life. And one of the promises that he has promised to be with us always. Jesus says, where is your faithfulness? Now, faithfulness in this context we're talking about does mean being faithful to God. 
But we need to think specifically in relation to this fruit, what it looks like to be faithful to others in those difficult times. Some of you will, will know and maybe you've experienced similar things that over my years of being on this earth, I have found myself in difficult valley experiences. You know, unexpected things have happened to me when I, when I wasn't ready for them and I wasn't prepared. Struggling with anxieties and being overwhelmed at times, sometimes even to the point of giving up. Maybe you've been there yourself. You feel like you want to just give up on, on God and your faith because it's just too much. But I'm incredibly thankful to God who has given me faithful friends. Friends who have stood by me no matter what. Friends who have loved me enough and who have been faithful enough to me to say even the tough things that I needed to hear. Proverbs says, doesn't it, the wounds of a friend are trustworthy, or we could translate that as faithful and true. We all need, whether you admit it or not, we all need faithful friends alongside us. We all need faithful friends who will stick by us in the storms of life. We all need faithful friends who will come alongside us and tell us the things we don't want to hear, but that we, they know we need to hear. But in order to be, in order to have faithful friends, we need to be a faithful friend as we remain faithful to God. And that also means being faithful to our loved ones who maybe at this moment are currently without Christ. It's easy, isn't it, to, to perhaps know that they need Christ, to be deeply burdened and upset that they are without Christ. But are we faithful to them? Are we faithful to them as we seek to witness? We've already said it. Are we faithful to them as we pray for them? Just think about your own life as you came to Christ. I'm sure all of us could probably pinpoint one or two or maybe more people who were faithful enough to keep sharing the gospel with us, who were faithful enough to keep praying for us, even perhaps when we didn't realise it. These people were truly faithful to you because they did not want to see you in a, it, going, to, going to hell and going to be without Christ. That's the demonstration of a love that is seen in faithfulness that will not let go. Such was their commitment to you. So are we faithful to one another in the difficult times and in the dark times. Finally, we are to be faithful because God requires it. I don't know what you think about when you hear the word requires. It kind of, to me, sounds like, I didn't get sent to the headmaster very often, but I did get sent to the headmaster once. Uh, and it, it kind of gives me that image of standing outside the headmaster's office and what I was required to do at school, I have failed to do. And I find myself 
outside the headmaster's office waiting for the door to open, waiting for whatever punishment might come my way. In our Christian life, it is true that faithfulness is not an option. Faithfulness is required of us if we have been truly transformed by the Spirit. But let's be clear. This is not God waiting to whack us when we are not faithful. The amazing thing is, and this is a true comfort that we can see as we draw this all to a close, there in 2 Timothy chapter 2, we read some amazing words. Even when we are unfaithful, which is every day, even when we don't meet the requirement, which is all the time, God remains faithful to us. God remains trustworthy. God remains true. God remains dependable. God keeps his promises even when we are unfaithful. Why? Because he cannot be anything else. It is, it is a character trait of who God is. He is faithful. Now, we need to put another clarification in there. That is not a get out of jail card, get out of jail free card. It doesn't mean that therefore it doesn't matter if I'm not faithful. Because even when I'm not faithful, God is still going to be faithful to me, so it's all okay. What it means is, even when we are unfaithful, even when we mess up, he continues to be faithful to us. He does not give up on us. He does not lose his patience with us. He continues to extend his mercies and his grace. And rather than it being a get-out-of-jail-free card, it should be a wonderful comfort and encouragement that even when we mess up, even when we are unfaithful, even when we do not live the way we should, we can still come back to God. And he will still be there. God does not give up on us because we know that we can't be truly faithful, can we? We can't always please God on our own. I know in my own life, and maybe you can reflect on this yourself, I am not always faithful in the things that I have been given. I am not always a faithful friend to other people. I know that I am not always faithful to God. Every single day I'm reminded of how much I take things back into my own control, into my own hands, and I am not faithful to him. Yet God, even though I mess up, remains faithful to me. He remains faithful to you. And here is the wonderful truth that I want us to remember this morning. What God requires of us. He doesn't just say, I require this of you, John. I require you to be faithful. Off you go, get on with it. He says, John, I require you to be faithful, but I'm going to enable you to live a faithful life. How did he do that? He sent Jesus. We said at the beginning, Jesus is the only one who has truly, perfectly demonstrated what it means to live a faithful life. Jesus submitted to his father's will. He carried out all that his father had given him to do, even, if, even though that meant him going to the cross. Jesus was faithful to what his father required him to do. 
And Jesus is our example. Jesus is our demonstration. Jesus is the guarantee that God will be faithful. God is faithful. It's wonderful how these sermons link together with what we're thinking about in the evening. We're thinking in the evening about God making his covenant with Abraham that goes all the way through to his generations. Those promises that were made way, way back in Genesis of a Messiah, of a seed to come. In Jesus, we see the final demonstration of God's faithfulness to his people. We can be faithful to God. We can be faithful people in life, but not on our own. Not on our own. Only as we come to Jesus. Only as we submit all of our lives to him. Only as we surrender everything to him and say, I can't do this on my own. This life isn't about me. On my own, I'm just a mess. But with Jesus, I can live a faithful life. Not perfectly, but I can grow in faithfulness. A life that has been transformed by Jesus, a life that is living in step with the Spirit, will be growing in faithfulness. There is no question mark. There is no option. And that should be our desire, that we are growing every single day in faithfulness to him and therefore in faithfulness to one another. So are you growing in faithfulness? Hebrews 11.1 1 just really brings all this together and underpins everything that we've been talking about. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And the wonderful thing about Hebrews 11 is that what follows that definition of faith is what could only be described as a rogues gallery of sinful, messed up people down through the ages. But what are they remembered for? They're not remembered for the things they've messed up with. They're not remembered for the times they've, they've gone against God. They're not remembered for the times when they've turned their back and done their own thing. They are remembered and recognised for their faithfulness. And that is the big reminder in flashing lights this, this morning. It is the reminder that our faithfulness is not dependent on our own abilities. God gives us things according to our own abilities that we might be faithful to him, but our faithfulness is a work of him. It's a work of the Spirit in our life as we live in step with the Spirit. And the thing that sets this rogues gallery of Hebrews 11 apart from the rest, the reason why they're considered to be faithful is not because of anything they have done, but is because they had their sights set on something, someone far greater. They saw dimly in the distance and they lived their life looking to the promise of God. They would not know fully what that meant, but they looked dimly into the future, into the far distance, and they remembered that God is a faithful God. God is the faithful God. And they they lived their imperfect lives in the sure and certain hope of what they could not see now, but one day would be a reality. So therefore, as we seek to live and grow in our faithfulness, as we seek to grow and live faithful lives, we ask ourselves that same question, what are we hoping for? Or what are we living for? Who or what have we set our sights on? Hopefully we've seen 
this morning, that the moment we take our eyes off God, the moment we take our eyes off Jesus, the moment we say, I don't need you, I can do this on my own, we no longer can live or even grow in faithfulness. We don't live faith-filled lives. We don't want to be growing in faithfulness simply so that we can boast to other people. We don't want to be someone that says, look how faithful I am. But we also don't want to be faithful, faithful to others just that they'll like us, do we? Well, if I'm faithful to that person, then maybe they'll like me. Maybe they'll be a good friend to me. Why should we be faithful people? Well, not only because God requires it. There's something far deeper than that, isn't there? We are to be faithful people because that pleases God. Do you want to please God this morning? Do you want to live a life that pleases God? Then we are to be growing and desiring to grow as we live faithful lives. I hope this morning, not for your own pride, not for your own glory, but because it pleases God, that you are longing for the day when you will hear the words of Matthew 25. As you enter into heaven, as you stand before Jesus, I hope you're longing to hear those words. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a small things. Maybe you'll get to heaven and you'll think, I haven't really got much to show. But you've been faithful in the small things. You've been faithful in what you've been given. And now he says, now you can share in my joy. This is what our faithful lives are pointing to. And yes, we fall so far short of what living the way we should. But are your faithful lives, are your lives pointing to that greater hope? One day our faith-filled lives, though they might be battered and bruised from this life, will be turned to sight as we see Jesus. And as we stand before him and hear those wonderful words. But until then, God says, keep going. Keep living a life of faithfulness. Being faithful in what we've been given. Being faithful even in the difficult times. Remaining faithful in the difficult times. Knowing that what God requires of us, he enables in us. Through Jesus Christ our Saviour. Faithfulness, remember, is love that hangs on to the very end. It proves itself over and over again. It is the superglue of your heart that will not let go. Let's pray. Our Father, help us to be faithful people. Help us to live faithful lives, to be growing in faithfulness. Help us to look to you. Help us to depend on you. Help us to know that you truly are a faithful God. 
And even when we mess up and even when we are unfaithful, we can still come back to you because you remain faithful to us at all times. Forgive us, Lord, for when we do our own thing and go our own way. But help us, Lord, to look to Jesus and to come just as we are. For we ask these things in his name. Amen. We're going to close with that song that we've uh, learned a few weeks ago. Um, just reminds us that the call of Christ in our lives is to come just as we are. Come as unfaithful people. Come with our weary and burdened lives. Come with our messy lives because Christ has been born. Christ is born and it's by his strength that we can come and we can live. So let's stand together as we sing our next song, our closing song. Hopefully it will come up on the screen. There it is. Oh, come all you unfaithful, come weak and unstable. Come know that you're not alone.
Now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, equip you with everything good to do his will, working in us what is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.